Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians, uh, we looked last time at uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. In chapter 1, verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the glorious riches of this mystery that Christ in us, Jesus Christ in us. And Paul was a servant of that news, and, and he gave his life really to serve the truth and share that other people might have the hope of glory. And, and uh, I can't pass up opportunities like this to, to ask the question, do you have that hope of glory? And is he in you? Paul, Paul was willing to do whatever he could, suffer whatever he needed to for the sake of the body, the church, and, and we see that in those verses there in the last section. And it says that he, he, he wanted to proclaim or present to them and to us the Word of God in its fullness. And I love that too, the Word of God in its fullness. Not stories or the current philosophy or the current psychology of the day, but the Word of God, and he told Timothy to preach the Word. He said, for time will come when men will not put up with sound teaching or sound doctrine, but instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. There'll be this thing where we just want to, we just want to hear what we want to hear, not what God's Word is said, and, and the authority of God's Word being challenged and and weakened in so many places and even in churches. It's sad, very sad. Christ in you, though, the hope of glory. He is our only hope. We proclaim Him, verse 28, chapter 1. We proclaim Him, admonishing, teaching everyone with all wisdom, because in Him, in Him, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Today, I want to look at verses 6 and 7 and uh, the... The theme or the, the title that I've chosen for today is Continue On. Continue On. We've been studying about uh, the, the, uh, this little church in this place called Colossae that really uh, no one really knows much about. But Paul felt it was so important to, to teach the truth about who Jesus Christ is and that He is enough. He's always enough. He always will be enough. And we don't need to add all kinds of weird things which is what they were doing back then and certainly what the, the world is doing today and many sections of the church as well. But he stops for a second here, I think, and, and he really just kind of gives them this, this message to continue on, to go forward, not backwards, and, and not to stand still, but to press on. And that's what I see in these verses here in, in chapter 2. Number six and seven, it says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. You hear the preachers talk about this. These are good preaching verses. They really start to preach on these verses. We're going to talk a little bit about teaching, though. Preaching and teaching. Jesus did both, by the way. But these are some pretty, pretty good verses here. You see some of the things we're, we're seeing here. One is to receive Him. Number two, to continue to live and walk in Him, having deep roots, being built up, strengthened, overflowing with thankfulness. He says, so then, so then, so then, just 
as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Just as you received him as Lord. And, and so that step one really is the beginning of it all for every one of us, is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. We, we could just pass over that. Well, we know all about that, and that's cool and everything. But that's the most important decision that any of us have ever made in our entire lives and in the history of the, of the planet, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. To receive him by faith. How do we do it? He says, just as you did, already did that, you received Christ Jesus as Lord. So he's going to come to the next part. How did we do that? How did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? Was it a little ritual that you did? Was it a certain kind of a, a motion or a certain prayer that was spelled out for you? Or did you go to the front of the church? How did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? How do you? receive Christ Jesus as Lord? That's a, that's a pretty important question, isn't it? How do you? This is the part where you answer. By faith, really. That's the simple truth of this. By faith. What do we mean by that? It means to trust in Him completely. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, He says, continue to live in Him. We receive Christ Jesus as Lord by trust, by faith, Trusting in Him that He was the Savior of the world, that He came to the earth. God the Son came to the earth, that He came in the form of a man. He, he lived a perfect, sinless life that none of us could ever do. That He went to the cross to pay the price, the penalty for my sin, for your sin. That He died upon the cross for the sins of the world. He was buried. He rose from the dead on the third day that any who would trust in Him and what He did would have eternal life. That's the simple gospel truth, right? But He says, just as you did that. James chapter 1, He says, To all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God. He made them children of God. To all who received and believed. So, you say, well, gosh, uh, Rich, I know all that stuff. I've heard that a million times. And you know what? I, there's passages in the Bible that, that talk about repeating things. Why? Because we forget. We lose touch. We, we move on, you know, repeating things. We, we were working on uh, one of the songs we were playing today. And, and, you know, we know the song, but, like, I couldn't remember any of it. And we had to keep playing until finally it came back. It's like in there somewhere, right? I'm not sure where. I already know all this, though. Receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Well, you know what? There's family. There's friends. There's co-workers. There's students. There's people around us that have never received Christ Jesus as Lord. We need to understand it. We need to know what we did. We need to know what they need to do because it's the most important decision in all of life. Is that true? Step number two, he says, just as you did that, he said, continue to live or walk in him. Just as you received him, how you did that, just as you did that, continue. Continue on. So how did we do that again? How did we receive Christ Jesus? By faith. You can say it again. By faith. Say it real loud so you know. By faith. By faith. There you go. 
by faith, with trust in Jesus Christ, simple trust in Him with our whole hearts, trusting Him completely, giving ourselves completely to Him. That's how we become born again. We, we surrender to Him. He says, continue to live and walk in Him just in the very same way, by simple trusting in Him, completely trusting Him with simple trust. I think sometimes we think it's like this. We, uh, you know, we trust him to become born again, to become one of his children. We receive him. We believe in his name. And then the rest is us. Well, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to you know, do it myself. I'm going to live by my own. He lets me make all the decisions now, and I'm just going to do my thing. And, and where do we end up with that kind of attitude? We, we end up in places we shouldn't be. In you know, problems. Continue to live and walk in Him by faith with simple trust, trusting Him him completely. Someone said this, in Him there is complete sufficiency. He is enough, not only for salvation, but, but for the whole of their Christian life. He's enough for our Christian life too. We can't just have Him just for salvation. You know, the whole debate about, you know, uh, you know, uh, Savior, Lord, you know, is He your Savior? Is He also your Lord? Well, here it says, and this is obviously the way it's being presented here, Christ Jesus as Lord, meaning He is the one in charge, right? Not just our Savior, but also as our Lord. And, and, and I don't know that we really like that word that much, Right? Lord. Think about the word Lord. What does that mean? We, we kind of, it just rolls off our tongue. We say it. It's one of those Christian words and everything. But Lord means master. It means someone over you. Someone who has the power, the authority over you. You receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And so that it carries on. It continues in your life that, that we are under his authority. That we are listening to him. We are obeying him. We're obeying his word. He says, Continue. Continue in faith, continue in trust, going forward, not going back. There's something about that, you know, going forward. Not just stopping or not going backwards. Turn back to some verses we looked at a little while back to Philippians, one book back. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul says it, and Paul realizes again that there's an attitude that we have to have of that we need to keep going forward. He says, verse 12, I, I have, not that I have already attained or obtained all this, but, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining or reaching toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There's this idea of pressing forward, pressing on, continuing on. Continuing on, that's what he said. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, back in Colossians, continue on to live in Him. Sometimes I think we need to stop and say, well, what's really going on in my life? Am I going forward or am I... Am I going forward or am I looking back? Am I standing still? Am I stagnating? What, what is the kind of condition of my spiritual life? 
I like what this person said. He said the word live or walk, he said, is one that is often used of the Christian life. It speaks of action and progress. He says you cannot walk and remain in the same place. So it is in the Christian life. We are either going forward or backward. You can't walk and stay in the same place unless you're on a treadmill, right? I have a treadmill. I, I, I'm trying to be, you know, stay on that treadmill and, and, and try to, you know, whatever I'm trying to do. I don't know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> but, but I'm using that. But, but when we were in Israel, we, we had extra time, obviously. We, had, we were having a break, and we would go out walking. My wife and I would go out walking. We went walking in the morning. And then we went walking in the evening and, and before it got too hot in the middle of the day and then after the, the heat uh, started to uh, go down. But we, we, we had this little route that we would go. And, you know, when we first started doing it, it was like really hard. But then as we kept doing it each day, it was like it, it began to get a little bit easier. And like, well, we're already to this place. There's something about that, though, going forward. Sometimes you didn't want to. I mean, there were some days I said, you know, I don't really want to go out and walk right now. You know, it's like the treadmill. I don't really want to get on that treadmill. I don't really want to do something. But the Christian life is like that. It's action and progress. You can't walk, he said, and remain in the same place. You're either going forward or you're going backward. Not doing anything really kind of makes you go backward because the kingdom of God is going forward. So if you stop, the kingdom of God is going forward, moving forward. What does that happen make you? It makes you moving backward. A friend used to say to me, if you're waiting for me, you're backing up. I never understood that until kind of thinking about it because he's moving forward. He's not stopped. And, and if I'm waiting, I'm stopped, and I'm backing up. I'm going backwards. Continue on. Continue on to live our lives in him, our whole lives. You see, receiving him was, was just the start of new life. It's just the beginning of new life. It's not, that's it. Well, you're all set now. You've got your life insurance. You're all paid up. You're going to be okay at the end. But what, what a waste, what a, what a loss that is. To not really walk and follow Jesus Christ in this life while we have the opportunity Turn back with me to the Gospel of Luke, if you would, please. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Let's see what Jesus said. <clears throat> As they were walking along the road, a man said to, to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, he said, that's cool. No. <laughs> he replied, he said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Do you really know what you're saying? I'll follow you. I will, I will continue on. I will press forward. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Well, these are all good excuses, all good reasons to not follow after Jesus. And he wasn't being heartless, saying, you know, just forget about your family and all that. No, he said, what's the most important thing? What's at the very core of your being? Are you going to follow me or are you not going to follow me? And Jesus replied, verse 62, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Look forward. Plow ahead. Go forward. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And, and that's not what he would desire for us in our lives. Sometimes we stop. I don't know about you, but in different, you know, I've been a Christian for 36 years, and, and, and there have been times in my life when I kind of had some little stops along the way, some little detours maybe along the way. I haven't lived the perfect Christian life as maybe some of you might think I have because of my nice hairdo and everything or whatever. Some decide... As we've looked before in John chapter 6, verse 66, 666, some decide to not follow any longer. If you look at that passage that, that Jesus was talking, he says, unless you partake of my flesh, and unless you partake of my blood, unless you are, are, are partaking of me, he says, and, and, and he says, you're not going to, you're not there, you're not, you're not with me. And it says at that point, he says, you know, they said, well, this is like too much for me. I can't, this is, I can't, I can't get my mind around this. So uh, it says that many of them, they stopped following me and they followed him no longer. And then we know the famous words, Jesus turned to Peter and the disciples and he said, what about you? And what did Jesus, what did Peter say? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? Is there any other person? Is there any other one? Is there, is there any other way to go, to follow? These are decisions I think we have to make every single day where we decide I'm going to continue on. I'm going to get up today. I'm going to continue to follow him. I'm going to continue to walk. I'm going to continue to walk in the path that Jesus Christ has laid out for me. How many of you know the parable of the sower? Most of us have heard the parable of the sower, but, you know, the, the farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil where, where it produced a crop as 160 or 30 times what was sown. I heard a pastor once talking about this. He says there's no problem with the seed. Seed is good. The problem is with the ground, the soil. The soil and the soil is our hearts. What kind of soil do we have in our hearts and, and what kind of depth is there? That's why he says here back in Colossians, rooted and built up in him, continue to live in him. And, and, and in this parable, the soil, soil we see, he says that, that, that the one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places, the man who hear, hears, the, hears the word, and at once he receives it with joy, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. 
And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. It says here in this passage in Colossians that we need to be rooted and built up in him. Continue to not just receive Jesus Christ, but continue to live and walk with him, in him. Rooted and built up in him. What kind of roots do you and I have? There really is no place for the shallow Christian life. And that's what he's talking about in that parable. The shallow Christian life. Just these teeny tiny little roots. Roots are kind of important, don't you think? I don't know what goes on with roots. You know, there's something about roots. I was thinking about this is that you can't see them. You can't see them until there's a problem, right? Uh, we were sitting there uh, at, at Anthony Irene's house, and I was, we were talking with the doctor. The doctor had come over to the house, and uh, they still have house calls, believe it or not. Uh, but anyways, we're sitting and talking and uh, some interesting conversation. But, I, you know, the window was kind of behind. But I, 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 I was looking at the doctor, but out of the corner of my eye, I saw this big tree just fall, and then the dust just went like this. And I didn't say anything, but... Well, later on, you know, I said to the others, I said, there, I saw a big tree fall out there, and you, you wouldn't see it, and, and, and the roots were all, there was nothing there. They weren't connected to anything. The tree kind of looked okay, right? But, but when it finally fell over, there was no roots to hold it into the ground. And, and this thing about roots is that no one can see them where no one is watching when, when we're at home, when we're by ourselves, what we do, who we are. What, what kind of a life, what kind of a, uh, you know, are we digging deeper into our relationship with Jesus Christ? Are we just expecting it to happen, you know, by osmosis? Or, you know, if I go to church on Sunday, it's all going to happen for me. Man, that's just not true. That's just not true. We can't see the roots, but people can see the fruit of the roots. That's for sure. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. He even talks about roots. Jeremiah chapter 17, right after Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. It said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. There's that simple faith and trust whose confidence is him, he will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. A tree planted by the water that's got roots, it goes down, deep roots. Interesting thing, read the next verse. Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? Kind of put those two together. Interesting enough. Be careful. Watch out. Sometimes we think we're doing okay, but yet we're, we're really, we're, we're really, we've got no foundation. We've got no roots into the foundation of Jesus Christ. There's some bad roots we can get too, right? Love of money, root of all kinds of evil. 
right? Root of bitterness grows up, causes trouble, affects a lot of people around us. We get some bad roots too. We need to get some good roots. Good roots. How about built up in Him? That kind of speaks about sort of uh, bodybuilders. You know this, the saying with bodybuilders, right? What is it? No pain, no gain. That's it. Go ahead and flex a muscle there, Larry. We can see that. No pain, no gain. We got to be built up, and it, it's, it takes some some cooperation with our part too. You, you can't just sit on the couch in front of the television set and expect to become buff. It just doesn't happen, right? We can do all the mental gym, gymnastics. You can exercise in your mind all you want, but if you're not doing the work. If you're not getting involved, you're not doing what's happening. What needs to be done, it's not going to happen. Of course, the ministry is part of that too. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 that he gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. He gives, he, he not only... Uh, asks us to be built up, but he also helps us too with, with ministry, people who are, are called to help. Strengthen in the faith, he says. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught. Again, there's this idea of faith, this idea of walking with him. You say, well, you know, I, I don't, you know, this is getting to be too much for me. I don't have any roots. I don't know what's going on. I can't get anywhere. Well, we, we have to remember what it says in the first part here is you, is you continue as you received. And it's, it's a, a daily trust in him. Well, yeah, my roots aren't deep now, but I'm going to trust you, Jesus, to help me to get a stronger Christian life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you, but I, can't, I, I don't have a lot of strength on my own, but I'm, I'm going to trust you to, to, to help me in this life. That's, that's the deal, you see, is, is trusting him. When we put that aside, we're doing it on our own. We're going to get nowhere. Strengthen in the faith. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught. It's kind of important that we get taught, right? We get taught what the Word of God says here. That's why we're looking at these verses. We're looking what it says, what it means, how to apply it to our lives. Not just preaching, though, as I said earlier, Jesus, he, he preached and he also taught. He did both. There's a, there's a slight difference, although they need to be both based on the Word of God. One is more of a, a challenge and a, an exhortation, like stir you up. And the other one is just to build that strong foundation with the, the meat of the Word of God. They're both very, very important. Some, sometimes we get out of balance and all we're doing is we're getting, you know, the meat and all this stuff, but we've never, you know, we never have a chance to respond to what God is saying to us. Another time we're just, that's all we're doing is responding, but we have no idea what we're responding to because it's just all, you know, like that. It's important that we have both, right? We need to know the foundations of the Christian faith because they're being eroded. They're being eroded in this day, in this age. The scripture says, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? We need to know the word of God. We need to read our Bibles. I love what Dan said last week. You know, he says it, he says it, he says 
He said that he says that wherever he goes. He asked them these two questions. Are you reading your Bibles? You say, well, that's kind of a duh question. No, it's not a duh question. It's an important question. Are you reading your Bibles? Not are you coming to church to read the Bible in front of you. Are you reading your Bible? Do you have your own Bible? Are you reading it? That's an important question. But he didn't stop there. He said, are you studying your Bibles? Are you, are you going deeper than just a little shallow read? Are you kind of finding out, like, what does it say? Comparing this verse to that verse. Reading the whole chapter. Reading the whole, you know, book of Colossians, for example. It, the Word of God will turn your life upside down. And, 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 and it's not something you read it once, though. You know, you read the, I read the Bible all the way through once, and now I kind of know it all. Well, I think you kind of know nothing if that's your attitude because it's ridiculous. The Word of God, it'll protect us from false teaching. He says, strengthen in the faith as you were taught. And finally, this last thought here, overflowing with thankfulness. That one kind of caught me off guard. He's talking about being you know, continuing on and being rooted and built up, strengthened. And he says, overflowing with thankfulness. Why? Because of what God has done, what God is doing, what God will do. This is a big theme in the book of Colossians. It mentions it over and over. Chapter 1, giving thanks to the Father. Chapter 3, be thankful. Chapter 3 again, uh, giving thanks to God the Father. Chapter 4, being watchful and thankful. It's like, an, it's like an ongoing theme. It's one of the themes of the book of Colossians. Overflowing with thankfulness. Just stop and think about that for a minute. My life, am I overflowing? Am I, do I have any thankfulness at all, much less overflowing with thankfulness? Uh, Warren Wiersbe says it suggests a picture of a river that is overflowing its banks. There's like not just a little stream, but a river that's getting bigger and bigger, and it's like overflowing the banks of the river. Overflowing with thankfulness. That's enough to stop and think about, right? We have, we have been given so much. We are so blessed. And I'm not just talking about material things, though we are. We got a lot. We are, we, we have more, you know, I mean, you, you just have to go travel to any other country of the world and you'll know we have so much. We have too many choices, really. But spiritually, God has given to us everything we need. He's given us every spiritual blessing, it says in Ephesians. The river overflowing its banks, overflowing with thankfulness. Do you have anything to be thankful for? Sometimes we get so you know, caught up in the struggles, we say, well, you know, but well, like that old hymn said, you know, count your blessings, name them one by one. Sometimes you need to stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I got one thing I can be thankful for. I'm still alive. Um, one of my grandkids, I was giving her a hug, and she said, I can, I can hear that noise coming out of your chest. And I said, yeah, that means I'm alive. 
She says, oh, that means you're alive. <laughs> wow, that was like a revelation. I don't know if she'd ever heard that before. I don't know. But it was kind of cool. Be thankful that you're alive right now. Yeah, your life might be a mess. But you're alive and God has given you life right now. God has, God has given you life and, and God has, has got a plan for you and a purpose for you. And even, even a purpose in the difficulties that he's allowed into your life and my life right now. Sometimes I, I forget that. Well, you know, just all this bad stuff's happening, all these problems. I got to figure out this. I got to figure out that. But, but God has allowed those things into my life. And I can even be thankful for the trials and the troubles. Even be thankful for those things. And that's not always easy to do, is it? Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Let's read it one more time and close. So then... So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live or walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. How do we do that? I think there's some simple things really is one, you need to stay in fellowship. You need to stay a part of a body. Stay a part of the family. There's no Lone Ranger Christian thing. It's not going to be good for you. It's not good for anybody. But you see, I see it so often. People just, they're off by themselves. They might come to church once every six months or every two months or even once a month. It's not good. Stay in the Word. Are you reading your Bibles? We had a speaker at our, our two huddles ago where we, where we meet, and uh, I want to extend that invitation. If you want to go to New Hampshire, uh, the, the flyer's on the back. You can read about it and uh, talk to me or Alex about it. But he said this. He said, you know, he had this, and he's a pastor. He's a pastor of a church of thousands. I don't know how many thousands, 6,000, 7,000 people. I don't know how many. But he said this, he said, you know what, for me, personally, my time to just read God's word and spend time with him, he says, is non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. That means it doesn't matter if you're the big pastor of 8,000 people. It doesn't matter that you have all these things to do. This is non-negotiable in your life. And, you know, those, those words stuck with me. And, and uh, you know, and I think that's an attitude for you and I. It's non-negotiable. That my life, I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to, I'm going to spend time with Him, even if it's 15 minutes a day. Can you, can you spare 15 minutes a day? Non-negotiable. But one more thing I want to mention in this idea of 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 this verse here is serving. Serving. You say, well, how does that have anything to do with this? Well, I think. Serving is a sign of, of forward progress in your life. Serving, doing something, getting involved in some way, shape, or form. It's a sign of forward progress. It, it, you can't just serve without doing what you need to do. You can't just serve without being challenged, without facing the battle, without putting roots deep and sharing something that you have. You can't give what you don't have, in other words. 
serve? What's God equipped you to do? And again, for each one of us, it's, it's, it's different. Each one of us has been equipped and gifted differently. But find what it is that God's calling you and, 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 and asking you to do and do that. Do that to the very best of your ability. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's, uh, let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Father, we thank you for your word and and we do pray these words and the, the thoughts that you've given to us, they, they mean something and there is authority in your word. And we, uh, we acknowledge that authority that you've given us your word that, that we might grow and that we might see the way. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and that, that we would be challenged by it, but also encouraged by it. Father, some of us, uh, you know, we're, we're maybe at that first step. We need to just receive Jesus Christ as the Lord. And maybe that's you this morning. Don't, don't think you can jump over step one to get to step two. You've got to start at the start. And the start is receiving Christ Jesus as Lord where you say, Jesus, I, I come to you. I trust in you for that life. I trust in you as Savior and I trust in you as my Lord. I surrender and submit to you. You can do that here. Now it's not a magical thing. It's a, it's a thing of, of your heart before God saying, Lord, here I am. I receive you into my life. I receive you as Savior and as Lord. And Father, some of, some of us, are we, we've, we've done that step, and yet we just kind of like me, we're... We're stagnating. Maybe we're moving backwards because we're not moving forwards. I pray that you would, you would stir up the fire and stir up the gifts and stir up that life in us that we might uh, be, be walking with you each and every day, opening our Bibles, staying in fellowship, keeping our hands on the plow, not looking back, but going forward, continuing on. Maybe that's you this morning. I want to just give you an opportunity to, to say, Lord, if that's you, to say, Lord, I, I, I'm here forgetting what's behind, reaching forward, pressing on towards what's ahead. Let's go, Lord. I'm ready. I want to go for it. doesn't matter what happened behind. It's, it's what's going forward. It's what's ahead of us. I'm reaching for that. I'm grabbing a hold of that today. Maybe that's you. Simply talk to him about it. Tell him. He wants to hear. He wants to know. He's here and he wants you to know he's here and he wants you to follow him. Our great and awesome and loving God, we, we come and we uh, give you thanks for all you've done for us. Pray you too, you stir up those uh, rivers of thankfulness, thanksgiving within us, that we would be overflowing the banks with thankfulness. In sincerity and in truth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and, and sing together, shall we?